0: Welcome to uh, Fans of the Forge Master of Arms wrap-up. What is this? A new
1: show for us to enjoy.
0: A new show just came out on the Discovery Channel a few weeks ago called Master of Arms. And we decided it's similar to Forge and Fire and we should maybe cover it. Maybe talk about it a
2: little bit. Give our opinion on it. It doesn't hurt that... It
1: doesn't matter so much.
2: One of the judges on his show also was wondering if we were going to...
1: Yeah, so
0: after we watched it, I happened to follow Zeke Stout on Instagram, and I got a message from him a little while later asking if we were going to cover his show, and you know what? We said, hey, why not? Yeah, all right. We'll do it. Why not? So let's get right into it. So we're introducing this new show as we go through here. So the judges on the show are Zeke Stout who is a weapons specialist. We have Ashley Lubinsky, who is a firearms historian and the chief curator of Cody Firearms Museum. And then you have Trenton Ty, who is a 20-year master craftsman and Forge and Fire veteran. He was actually competed on
1: Forge and Fire. I was so excited to notice that. I'm like, hey, I recognize this guy. He had an axe.
2: Did he have a feather in his cap at the time? He, no, he did not. He did uh, not wear the the feather in his cap at that time. Okay.
1: So we actually had to Google it because Chris did not agree, and then we discovered that I was right.
2: See, now, mm-hmm. I want to make fun of the guy for having feathers in his hat and having those like little round <laughs> glasses. Um... But I don't want to. You know, and I think once you reach a certain level of experience or years of experience, you can kind of do whatever the hell you want.
0: Well, think about the fact that a number of bladesmiths and blacksmiths take part in Ren Fairs. Yeah. And I honestly always had that feeling that Ren Fairs were a little nerdy and weird. But these guys that we know, like Josh Weston, they go and they do blacksmithing at
2: rent fairs, and they dress up and go about it. So you know what? Whatever. Whatever. That works. <laughs> well, but, I mean, this is... Do you think how, he goes out kind of like this?
0: I've I've watched Trenton and Ty's Instagram because yeah. he does post. He doesn't always go oh. out wearing the, the f- glasses and the hat and okay. the feather. It's, sometimes he does, but not always. All right. So if it was an always thing, it'd be a little
1: weirder. But it's a personal style, so who? Are we?
0: <laughs> yeah, we can't bust it's on the It's for too much, special right? occasions. We'll leave it at that. Otherwise, he's a he's a master craftsman. The yeah. dude knows what he's doing, and uh, he's an accomplished blacksmith and uh, weapons maker. So I'm
2: glad we spent three minutes talking about this.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was a really I'm, good on my bad. good use of that time. <laughs> so the show starts with three smiths coming into the forging area now let's just talk about this forging area right away it's a lot darker than the forging fire set and yeah. more of a warehouse feel and they even have an area for the judges to stand that's like a catwalk area right. up above so they yep. can look down on the action I, like I, cool. I, I kind of like the set I think it's a cool looking set and it utilizes a lot of the same tools as Forge and fire But it also, they have to have their own separate things because this is not just a show about making knives and blades. They're also making guns. And so there's different aspects of making guns where it's a lot of the same tools being used, but there's different knowledge and and some materials being used that have to be different. So overall, it's it's an interesting setup. They have some forges that look like... uh, multi-purpose forges that have the side opening as well as Mm -hmm. the 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 front and back so it gives some options for some interesting different shapes of weapons i could say that i would think the lighting would be a little bit better for
2: the guys that are forging
0: Uh, but that's not always good because a lot of the forging guys prefer to forge in darker areas because you can see the color on the metal better in the dark Okay. And there's still, there's obviously lit up enough that you can see them with the camera, so the lighting has to be somewhat good. It
2: seems like, especially when you go in for the round two, it just seems like it's dark. When you turn the lights on, I'm like, well, that's not a lot of... Yeah, it does late. seem really dark. But they get it done, so they,
1: whatever. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it must be enough Even light playing for them cool. to see what they're doing. Yeah,
0: The show has two different challenges. The first one is the quick draw challenge, which you're giving six hours to make a weapon of the judge's choice, and then you have the Master Build Challenge, which is the final round for the two Smiths that make it through to that round. For this episode, we had Dustin Rhodes, who is also a Forge and Fire alumni with 25 years of bladesmith and blacksmithing experience. We had Eric Von Schwege, who is a 33-year-old building guns for 15 years and he was an apprentice gunsmith to make 18th century weapons. And then the third competitor was Shirek Gad, and he had been making weapons for 40 years. So they move on to our quick draw challenge. And that one is you have six hours to make a European battle axe. All right. So looking
2: at Eric, he makes. Eric makes a historical weapons, he's, so he's very comfortable with the challenge. So Eric makes historical weapons, so he's very comfortable with the challenge. And he goes for a wraparound style head. So he takes a piece of metal, he's going to wrap it around the staff to make his head. He need a forge weld where the right. edge is going to be. Uh, he does have trouble with the power hammer, so he goes to hand forging. And while grinding, he finds a crack. In the forge weld on the edge and just hopes that he can just grind it away. And that's it's not very deep. Uh, Dustin goes for W1 steel and used an upsetting technique to get the head form. So, you know, he's heating up the end of the steel and just banging it on the ground to kind of squish it in so he could then forge it. And it's
0: pretty cool,
2: it's an interesting way to
0: spread the metal out so that you can then utilize it in a different manner,
2: right? And Shrek. Cuts mild steel scrap to make a bow tie shape to do a wraparound also. Um, he goes for an edge quench and burns the handle. Um, Eric makes the axe look very similar to the example weapon. So we'll see if that does anything for him there.
0: Well, that's something that we should probably talk about. When they talk, they did talk about some specifications for the weapons. But they didn't, in, in the first episode, they didn't really go into much details about what the judges are actually looking for beyond that they're yeah. going to go through testing. And that was it. And so that may, you know, they're, the judges' thoughts on things end up coming into play later on, and they're judging on things that
2: we weren't expecting. Towards the end, I was like, eh, You know, I had yeah. some issue with some of it, but I, I don't know if it changed further on, but I know uh, Trenton does lay out, well, we're looking at this, this, and this. I don't think there's... He says anything historic? No. But, anyway. So, testing for this, the axe is being swung into a log and it's then being, you know, swung into some armor. So, Dustin did good damage and Ashley wanted more embellishments. Which, so
0: that's that's not necessarily functional. Right. So, we're, we're used to... Does it perform? Does it perform, right? Does it have the function? Can it s- Is it strong enough Did to it meet the
2: specifications? Test? Right.
1: But with a historian on the judging panel, she's looking for it to be historically accurate. In right. Some way. Which is what, what makes we we're sense, getting at, though. Yeah.
2: That she,
0: they didn't mention that in the first part of setting it up that they were looking for that.
1: At least not to us. At least Maybe true. it said to right. the contestants. That's,
2: well, that's so. that's the part, you know, we don't know, And but that's what I have an issue with.
0: It all comes down to editing, and they yeah. probably did say something about it, but it wasn't
2: included when they showed the final episode. Yeah. So, moving on, Shrek uh, did not cut as much as Zeke thought it would, and then Eric's cut well. The came loose slightly, and his forge belt started to come apart. Um, so, it seemed like maybe Eric, eh, you know. Yeah,
0: but- Eric seemed like it, it sh-
2: was the... Mm-hmm. The, the worst performer
0: overall, but because his was a little bit more, had more of the embellishments or a little more historically accurate, it gave him mm-hmm. an extra point little in edge, his favor.
2: A yeah. little edge. And Shrek got booted. Yeah. So, oh well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so then the two contestants that are left um, were... Set for the master build challenge of making a European flintlock axe pistol, Dustin and Eric are given four days to complete their build. So it's forty total hours instead of um, five days as compared to Fortune and Fire.
0: And this was a really cool weapon because it's a good introduction to to how this show is right. different from Fortune Fire because they're making a pistol, but it's not just a pistol; it's an axe pistol. Yeah. So the combination of the two, I didn't even know was a thing. And it turns out it was a pretty badass weapon.
1: So the parameters are that it needs to be 20 to 30 inches in length. The edge is 5 to 8 inches long. Um, Were the smiths given firing mechanism parts?
2: Yeah, I wondered about that because I think Dustin, so yeah, I kind of questioned Dustin's gun-making experience and would he be able to know all the parts he needed to make, would he have the skills to make them, you know, Maybe they're given schematics on
0: what is required to make a working flintlock, yeah, leg. pistol. Um, again, it's something they don't really
2: go into. But there's also that thing where, at least with Forge and Fire, like some sometimes they're asked, "Do you know how to do this? Do you know how to do that?" Sometimes they'll hold that against them in a way. <laughs> oh, you don't know that. Well, guess what you're gonna make today. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, but I think for this, it would be a catastrophic failure of an episode if a guy doesn't know how to make a gun and he's given a gun. You know, he has to make one. Yeah. So.
1: so maybe they organize their contestants. Okay, we know these do guys you know, know how, how to make guns. Yeah. Let's give them a gun to make. Yeah. Okay.
0: I feel like they must have to have some basic experience with it because I feel like he like if you would make a gun incorrectly, and then you go to shoot this thing,
2: that's a
1: danger there, to the. person a real who's danger holding yeah. it that could
2: hurt and. You could just be given a box of parts. You still don't know what to do with them necessarily. So, he obviously knew how to make a gun, right? Whether he knew how to make the pieces individually, I don't know. But yes, it's very, it's a very big deal. Yeah. So, I guess I'll give benefit of the doubt that he knew enough to make it. I just don't know if he knew enough to make the pieces. Although it did, sh- you know, Eric did show towards the end he had an issue. Uh, it might be a noted there, but mm-hmm. he had to make a piece, make a component. Right. So, yeah.
1: So, another uh, unique thing about this show is that they don't go home for those four days. They're working side by side in the same shop and they're oh. able to see each other working I like for that, that. final yeah. round. I, I like
2: that a lot. <laughs> Even playing field, they have the same, you know, tools. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not, uh, you know, this broke on me that you know it's Mm. it's all the same so i think it's very even playing field yeah um fortune fire
0: you know it could be one guy that has a whole workshop of power tools versus somebody that has to hand forge a blade and not that that necessarily always gives the guy the advantage or makes his work end up being better but it's just this makes it so there's no even possible controversy between it it's they have they're working with the same stuff
2: yeah the only thing I, I guess I could think of is if one guy primarily uses, like, coal forge. You know, now he's in a shop that only has propane or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I so, guess you know what you're getting into. I mean, if they have to tell you what, what to expect. Oh, you're going to be at the shop possibly for five days filming mm-hmm. an episode. Right.
1: So. The Smiths take the heads off of their axes to be able to use them as part of their weapon. Eric puts borax and 1095 powder on the edge of the axe where the weld failed and puts it in the forge to try and fix that weld. Dustin only has minor experience with flintlock. Um, he oh. finds that... <laughs> that an answers that question. <laughs> the steel striking the flint was not making the spark, a- spark after quenching three times. So he pees in a can and quenches <laughs> in that and gets it working properly.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Hey, uh, t- t- yeah.
1: ingenuity um he then decides to put the axe head on the butt of the weapon to help with the weight distribution and ease of aiming you think about that for a second with an axe at the part of the gun that's nearest you right Mm. and eric has issue with drilling into the wood and then cracks the side when chiseling the design into the wood and fills that crack in with glue dustin fits the axe with a pin and moves on to embellishments and then Eric loses the trigger, so he makes a new one with just a few minutes left. Moving on to testing, we have Nick Irving, who is a special ops. There's more to his title; he's more than just special ops.
0: Oh, a legendary, yeah, <laughs> armed forces S- Superman, <laughs> badass dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a he's a sni he was a sniper, did numerous tours of duty. Um, is it, he's he's Definitely famous amongst yeah. uh, arms forces, armed forces crowds. And I believe he's written a book and some other stuff. But badass dude. Yeah. Let's
2: just leave it at that. Special ops badass. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's go with that.
1: Um, he will be testing the weapons. So he's going to be firing through three panels of glass into a balloon and then cutting into um, pigs that are hanging. Mm-hmm. So if Dustin shoots into the glass cleanly. With cutting, Nick had to be careful when handling the axe, and then the head came loose. For Eric, he goes through his goes through the glass into the balloon. Um, The ramrod ejects from the handle during a swing, and a chunk of wood popped out near the lock.
2: So, it I think I rewatched it, and when I first watched it, I was like, "Okay, it it was kind of even," but then I saw, I was like, "Yeah, the." Ramrod just kind of flew out. He lost a chunk of wood near like the whole firing mechanism during that swinging test. I thought, well, that's kind of almost catastrophic. And I think Zeke might have said it, it's a catastrophic fit. One of them, yeah. I think, said that. And I was like, okay, well,
0: it's pretty cut and dry. Yeah. Win here.
2: I mean, you put the ramrod in there, you have to have some way to secure it. True. Right. I mean, otherwise, it's always going to fly out. Um, I didn't show Dustin having that problem. No. So I don't know if he included it on his weapon. They were not required to attach right. the ramrod, I don't, I don't believe. So I think then Trenton said, well, if you lose it, it's, you'll be okay. All right, sure.
0: Well, it's, the idea is that this is, if you're in the midst of battle and you've just fired your one shot, you're not going to be sitting there packing that with black powder again.
2: But you could. <laughs> or just... Yeah, just throw it away. Just step on it and break it over your knee. Like, who, you know, so, like, th- there's a point to having it and a point to not having, it, I guess. I think the way that they said
0: that this was used in battle was that it, the first shot was, it was, you'd run up and you would shoot, and then it, we would just start using it as an axe okay. after that. It was a little different style of warfare, I guess. But anyway, I do understand where you're coming from. I agree with you. But, so the judges talked about. The weapons after the testing was completed ashley loved eric's gun just based specifically on the authenticity of the design and how it looked um there was a big point against dustin when he placed his axe head in the back of the gun rather than in the front and the way that it was attached was not necessarily up to snuff hence it came loose after the test Yeah, it was
2: just that that one pin holding it in
0: place wasn't enough and uh, Ashley thinks that the brass plates on the sides weren't just for decoration and that they were actually holding the lock plate on I'm just not buying it she says
2: (laughs) oh man that got me so ripping right there I was like you gotta be kidding me like who is this chick (laughs) she's going hard on this dude I'm just not buying like damn like that's crazy I wouldn't be able to sit still if I was in that if she said that to me, I'd be like, What <laughs> like are you serious right now? She's
0: the historian. <laughs> she's the Listen, historian I mean, <laughs> judge on the show. I get,
2: get it, get but mad. like that's that's just you know, she's going hard on this dude. I I'm do, just not buying it.
1: I do like though that we can see their little judging powwow Yeah, like, hanging out on the scaffolding. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Anyway, when it comes down to the judge's decision Eric ends up winning even though his weapon was falling apart during the test because of the authenticity he scored more in the judge's eyes towards towards winning and his failure even though it was possibly catastrophic was not enough to eliminate him and Dustin's just had so many other things wrong with it that he ended up losing
2: head was loose had these side plates that might have been helping to hold on the the firing mechanism. Right. I don't know. And the placement, like, that was just, okay, so those are all negative points. How about Eric? piece of wood flew off near the the firing mechanism, so that thing's probably not going to last too much longer if you had to swing that axe. That gun (laughs) mechanism is going to be junk. Ramrod flew out. Okay, no big deal. Fine. I don't know. It's
0: tough to say because the more that you think about it, The more that it could go either way, I guess.
2: What do you think?
1: I wouldn't put an axe head on the part of the gun near my shoulder, is what I think.
2: Although when it was tested, he was holding, you know, Mm, both were held out like this. Right. So it's not like a shotgun where you're going to get this crazy recoil where it would probably stick it in your shoulder. Yeah. And take it off. So... I, I still don't think it's a great choice. I think it's,
0: the, I think it's also the fact that when you want to go use the axe head, now you're facing the barrel of the gun at yourself. Like, not that it's loaded anymore at that point, but it's a safety hazard anytime you're pointing a gun at yourself. Just an idea. So the the main yeah. question to come away from with the end of this particular episode was how important is historical accuracy versus the functionality of the weapon? It was not... Explicitly defined in this episode to the audience, to the audience, and so it left us feeling a, a little bit of lacking in what the judges' thoughts were here because right. they just seemed to come out of nowhere versus a fuller explanation of what they were looking for. That being said, it this show definitely has its merits and it is it had its moments that differentiated it significantly from Forge and Fire, and some of the stuff. Was similar. I mean, well, to be expected. Exactly. It's a show about forging weapons, so it's going to be tough to really set yourself apart right away. But for our first episode, I think it was a good job and uh,
1: worth watching another one. It was
0: worth watching another one, and it was. Real- I mean, we watched this one, and that was what made us decide to continue doing it. Yeah. Right. So that was our wrap up for Master of Arms. A little long winded. A little. But bit. it's the first one. Yeah. The next ones won't be as long. Um. Master of Arms, season one, episode one: the flintlock European axe pistol. There you go. <laughs> so, it's a mouthful. <laughs> so, thank you for watching. Remember to check out our other videos, like, subscribe on the YouTube, the Instagram, the Facebook. Remember to review our podcast if you're listening to the podcast. And if you're Doug Marqueda and you're actually listening to the podcast, just because we're reviewing a Master of Arms episode doesn't mean we don't love you, Doug. We love you. That being said, that's the episode. Thank you.
1: Bye.
2: I wonder what the haters are going to say about this video. All the hate. <laughs> we're making a big deals out of nothing mostly, but what are you going to do? The flimp